time for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. So wake me up when it's Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour 707 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, January 13, 2024. Great to be with you here on this Saturday morning here along the Grand Strand of South Carolina. I am, of course, Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd. I'm your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome to the show. It's Saturday Morning Coffee. We invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us as we talk about the news, current events, all the nonsense going on in this crazy broken world that we live in. All the things that we think you need to know here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we're all about a few things. Limited government, lower taxes, all the things that mean more freedom. More freedom for you and me and our families and all of us who are we the people. we got a country to save, folks, and it starts right here in the studio, right there, wherever you are listening uh, to the sound of my voice. And uh, so it's great to have you all with us this morning. Joined in the studio, as always, by producer extraordinaire Dr. Glenn Dye. Dr. Dye, how are you this morning? I am doing awesome, Reese. How are you doing? Well, I'm excited that it's the weekend. It's a great uh, day. Hopefully, we'll have a good day. Uh, the weather's a little uptick this morning, so hopefully the weather's going to be good today. I hope hope we can get outside and do something fun, maybe enjoy the outdoors, maybe go shoot a few clays or something. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. What are you up to this weekend? Um. Well, the Green Bay Packers are playing on That's Sunday right. against Dallas. That's, That's right. Gonna be a big, big game. game. That's yep. going to be a yep. big game. Yep. My friend is um, a big Green Bay Packers fan, so oh, yeah. um, be doing that. But Who are you rooting for? Uh, I, of course, Green Bay, because my friend is a Green Bay Packers fan. I'm not gonna. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah, gonna yeah. go against it. By the way, have you noticed uh, in the? Uh, did you see the? Uh, I'm always wanting to say the Cowboys Redskins game, which yeah, is like a rite of passage yeah. every year. The, the Cowboy Commander game, it just yeah. doesn't have the no. ring. No, but, and they should have just taken my suggestion. You know, when all this political Redskin is a bad, but you know, it's Redskin it's, bad. It's bad, right? Orange man bad. I said what they should have done is they should have put a potato on their helmet and called themselves the Redskin Potatoes. There would have been no problem. We were not offending yes. any potatoes, and we could still call the them potato the Washington heads. Redskins. And they could have they could have engaged Mr. Potato Head. And that yeah, and that would have gender neutral. That would have put smack non-offensive, right, that non-binary, put smack right into the yeah, everybody's scoring face. all kind of points yeah. on the DEI yeah, agenda. Absolutely. Mr. Potato Head could have become their, uh, yeah. and we could have a halftime show where you know Mr. Potato Head exchanges his uh, you know his genitalia. You know, yeah, where, yeah, because he, he just goes Potato back and Head. forth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, this week he's Mrs. Potato Head. Yeah, Next this week, week he's, he's Mrs. Potato Head. Oh, you can't say Mrs. anymore, Glenn. That's yeah, yeah that's too okay. gender specific. Okay. But but honestly, I mean, that was kind of ridiculous. It was. Are yeah, the commandos? It, it is never caught. Nobody really likes the name commandos. Nobody does. Um, and maybe someday the new owners will change it again. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, they're more concerned about winning football games than changing the name right now. But well, honestly, and, yeah, I think a potato would have worked. But I think you know, I think the whole idea of getting wrapped up around the mascot and the name and all the nonsense yeah. that we get wrapped around the axle uh, on all these many issues in our country, in our society today, uh, sort of the, the Washington Redskins and the decline of the franchise, in my mind, is kind of a metaphor mm-hmm. for 
a lot of things around us right. for the country as a whole, Glenn. Right. I mean, look at the look look at um, you know the Department of Defense and readiness and morale and some of the comments that you're hearing coming out of the military about you know this election and shadows and whispers. Of course, Lloyd Austin disappears for several days, still out of pocket. Yeah, he's still in the hospital. Yeah. Still in the hospital. Yeah. And the, uh, you know, the spokes, spokes model for DOD said, well, we're not going to microchip uh, DOD leadership like there's some kind of puppy. No, of course not. But we do need to know where they are. It was a failure in the system. 100%. Yeah, total failure. Yep. We don't, and, I, mean, I, don't, I don't need to microchip Lloyd Austin. I don't know. We need to know where he is on a daily basis uh, or uh, on, a, on a minute-by-minute basis. Excuse me. But, but the president... The commander-in-chief does need to know that he's alive and he's available for a phone call in case the red lights, you know, in the situation room start going off. Only because Austin is the next in line under Biden. I mean, you know, if I Biden mean, had yeah, a heart attack and Austin's AWOL, you know. He's just yeah. the secretary of defense. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we can but, do it without him. But yeah. one of my reactions to all that, to, to back to the point we were discussing, is, well, you know, when the DOD goes AWOL, when the main mission of the military has, you know, become – you know, the implementation of Drag Queen Story Hour yeah. over at Fort Bragg and various other things that have nothing at all whatsoever to do with keeping the country safe. Yeah. Does it really matter? Does it really matter? So, I don't know. Dude, I, I don't know about you. We got war, the Hootie Rebels. I mean, everything crazy going on in this world. Uh, demonstrations in South Africa, demonstrations in Georgia. Yemen. Yemen. Yemen I mean, is really hot right now. They are, they are not happy with the United States. No, we've got a lot of people that don't like us, and in some cases, for good reason. Right. But, you know, the problem is the world is seems to be just coming apart at the seams. Right. Now, how many times did we hit them on Thursday night into uh, Friday? We 60? Oh, we, I think it was like 60. Yeah, we we, we, we dropped quite a bit of uh, ex- yeah. explosive ordnance. So, so Lindsey Graham was on, the, um, on Fox on Friday morning, and he said what we need to do is hit Iran to stop this, uh, and he suggested taking out some of their oil um, uh, oil facilities, well, in my mind, that was not good for, because that would make everything go up as far as oil. If we're taking Iran out of it, even though we may not get it from Iran, it will affect the rest of the world. The I, answer, Glenn, in my opinion, and I, the thing that concerns me about Lindsay is Lindsay is not Lindsay is not shy about hitting the red button. He's ready to yeah, launch, launch yeah. my missiles, yeah. like, you know, uh, former... CEO of one of our major banks used to say, if you don't respond by 5 p.m., I will launch my missiles. I mean, he is, he's, I don't want to call him missile happy, but yeah. hey, if the shoe fits. The, the answer, I think, is not to destroy the, the, the ability of these nations that we don't like necessarily to produce oil. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know, when you, when you destroy a country and you've got 100,000 or 100 million, whatever the size of the, population is people walking around the streets living in caves with no clothes and nothing to eat you've created a problem for yourself or somebody and ultimately it's probably going to be a problem for you one day because sooner or later they're going to figure out a way to to get even that's i think we learned that lesson in world war ii that's why we had the marshall plan you know we realized you can't completely decimate europe or japan or any place and turn it to a, a barren wasteland where nothing over three inches off the ground is still standing right. and then w- just walk away from it and say, okay guys, good luck. <laughs> you know, good yeah. luck to you and the Yankees. I, the, the, the key 
to all this to places like Yemen and people in the Middle East who do hate us, by the way. That's, and that's not going to change no. anytime soon for a lot of these people, is to get energy into, do exactly what Trump said. Day one, drill, baby, drill. Mm-hmm. Let's get back, not only as Trump said in his town hall this week, not just get back to energy independence, but let's roll the dice, baby. Let's go for energy dominance. Mm-hmm. Let's go for energy dominance, and let's drive the cost of oil down to 20 bucks a barrel. Right. I mean, at one point during Trump's tenure, it hit zero. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't want to shoot for zero. I don't know what you know the implications of that are really necessarily long-term. But let's shoot for 20 bucks a barrel oil. Let's make it so whatever these guys do or don't do with their oil is irrelevant. Right. We just don't buy it from them. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, it, it's sad. We've got uh, demonstrations about Yemen in front of the White House. Uh, we've got the Palestinian supporters. Uh, we've got the Israeli haters. The protesting in this country is really showing the fabric that we have in America right now. Uh, it is changing, and it is changing not for the good. It is it, indeed, yes. It is showing that we have some a lot of very people, serious problems. A lot of people in this country that hate us, you know? And well, I mean, and, just, and, and that, just watch the view. Shouldn't that be, and that's the biggest problem, Glenn. I know we got to roll. But shouldn't that, be, shouldn't that be the first question you ask anybody coming into the country? Hey, do you love the country or yeah, do you hate it? Yeah, exactly. And, and with all these tens of millions, I don't know how many tens, but all these tens of millions of people that have been let in the back door mm-hmm. by the most derelict border security leadership team that we've ever had, what are the odds, Glenn, that they've let in somebody that ultimately is going to do real and drastic harm to this country. There's right. going, in, in my opinion, there will come a time, there will be a terrorist attack, it will occur on U.S. soil, and we're going to learn that those, ultimately, we'll learn that those people were part of the undeclared invasion of this country that's occurred, that the Biden, the undeclared war waged against the United States, invited by President Biden, failed to be responded to by President Biden, completely ignored, not only completely ignored, but he attacked people like Governor Abbott, who tried to do things to save his state in Texas. Meanwhile, you've got Mayorkas trotting off to Capitol Hill dutifully every week to tell us that the border is secure. Right. It's cuckoo. Yeah, it's nuts. We can see it for ourselves. It is not secure. So, got a lot to talk about. Uh, by the way, Glenn, I didn't even mention one of the topics of the show today. There's an election going on. Speaking yeah. of dangers in the world, election going on today in Taiwan. And there's some discussion that maybe one of the candidates is just a CCP plant. Right. Um, so we're going to be talking to, and of course, the, the leading contender is somebody that the mainland Chinese, the CCP, does not like. And they have, in veiled and in sometimes less veiled ways, threatened to engage Taiwan, whatever that means, in the event that this guy wins. And, you know, when uh, Xi Jinping came to a suddenly clean and spotless San Francisco to meet with Joe Biden a few months back. He said, listen, dude, this Ty- this Taiwan unification thing, this is a real thing. And that's the biggest sticking point for uh, U.S.-China uh, relations. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. We'll be talking a little bit about the upcoming uh, presidential primaries uh, coming up. Of course, we've got the Hawkeye Cockeye coming up on Monday. So a lot to talk about here on Saturday Morning Coffee. And we'll be talking to our special guest, Carl Zabo, uh, about uh, who was a China expert about today's election in Taiwan and, and, and various other things related to the PRC. 
that you guys will find, uh, I think, of interest. So stick with us. We'll be right back with uh, more Saturday morning coffee after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Folks, let me tell you about one of our favorite sponsors here at Saturday Morning Coffee. Of course, I'm talking about Conway Ford. We love all our sponsors here at Saturday Morning Coffee, but we especially love the fine folks over at Conway Ford. Conway Ford is your hometown dealer, winner of the Ford President's Award, where you'll always find friendly faces, great selection, excellent customer service, and the best uh, buying experience around. They guarantee it. I'll tell you, folks, if you haven't tried, test-driven one of those new Ford Broncos or a late model Ford Mustang, you are missing out. I suggest you get over there and check out their fine, fine selection. They're also pleased to now offer complimentary pickup and delivery service for your service needs. So if you want the best possible service experience around, you can also find that at Conway Ford over in Conway. It's Conway Ford, folks. Check them out. Church Street in Conway. Wherever you are, it's worth the drive. And be sure to tell them Reese Boyd sent you. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Thanks for joining us here on uh, your Saturday morning. Thanks for sharing it with us. Wanted to share with y'all, Glenn, we got on such a roll in the opening segment. Mm-hmm. I, I did not even get to the uh, some of the details. Uh, trivia, little uh, information for our listeners. At Reese Boyd is the Twitter handle, the X handle for the show. So if you would like to follow the show on X, you can do so by following at Reese Boyd. And if you follow us on X, you will get an automatic update every time a new uh, episode of the podcast is published. Help you follow along with the uh, podcast as we publish those. Also, SMC at gmail.com is the email address for the show, the mailbag for Saturday morning coffee. So if you have show comments, topic suggestions, questions, anything you want to send into the show, let us know. We'll uh, be glad to pick those up uh, at our first opportunity. Also, many of you love to call to chat about uh, Saturday morning coffee issues uh, during normal business hours. You can reach us at the offices of Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law. That's here in Myrtle Beach. That number is 843-839-9800. Always love hearing from our listeners and happy to hear from you anytime you want to share some comments with us. Give us a call. Um, but right now, Glenn, we got a special guest that uh, we were discussing just before the break. Yeah. It is election day in Taiwan. And so this is a very important uh, election because we just, as we've discussed, not all the candidates look at the question of Taiwanese independence equally. And there's some question as to whether or not one of the candidates is, you know, the leading candidate who's probably the more independent of the three uh, will cause a problem for U.S.-China relations or if there might actually be some interaction uh, some action taken by the PRC in the event that that an ind- that a strongly independent candidate wins. So that's taking place uh, today in Taiwan. So I wanted to get a guest on the show to to talk about this. We're joined here on the on the show this morning by Carl Zabo. Carl is vice president and general counsel 
of NetChoice. And NetChoice exists, or one of the jobs that NetChoice is doing is currently educating folks about the dangers, that, is particularly as it relates to technology, of the PRC and, and our economic dependence, our manufacturing dependence on China and the national security interests that are at stake as a result of that. As I said, Carl is vice president and general counsel at NetChoice, and he advocates, testifies on tech-related legislative and regulatory initiatives uh, relevant uh, to online companies. He's an expert uh, in Internet law, and he is an adjunct professor at the George Mason Antonin Scalia uh, School of Law. And so he's a well-versed in these tech issues, and, and is also a Chinese uh, expert in his own right. So, Carl, uh, welcome to Saturday Morning Coffee. Thanks for joining us here on your Saturday morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. And wow, what, what, what an introduction. I hope to uh, live up to those expectations. <laughs> well, it, it's a very interesting day. You know, we've, we've had some uh, discussions about the, you know, we, and we talk about it many times on, on this show in the past, Carl, I always give the example that our client shared with me at one point. He said, you know, uh, if Apple wanted to build the iPhone in the States, uh, it would take us 10 years to do it at best, best case scenario. And I don't think people really understand just how vulnerable the United States is. I know we've had the CHIPS Act. And I'd be, so just curious to, to get your take kind of globally where we are with U.S.-China relations where where the threats really are, and then and then if you can, I'd love to chat a little bit about the Taiwan election today, and if you have any thoughts there in terms of what the likely outcome and results of the outcome might be. So just uh, very briefly, tell tell folks why you guys are working on this issue, the importance of it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So I wake up every morning to fight for free expression and free enterprise on the internet. That's basically where I land. That's what the mission statement of NetChoice. And if you think back, why are all the greatest technological innovations of the 20th century from the United States of America, whether it's the automotive manufacturing, whether it is uh, the microchip, whether it's the computer, first nation to go to the moon, it, uh, it is because we allow people to dream, build, and create without government intrusion. It's freedom. And that's the secret sauce of America. Amen. Now, as you rightly point out, uh, we literally do not have the technology or capability today to go back to the moon. We're trying, but we can't do it. We went to the moon over 50 years ago. We can't go back right now. And why is that? Well, since then and now, we've decided to wrap every American business, every innovator in regulatory red tape, nimbyism, and governmental oversight to make sure that we can't do what we need to do. I mean, you bring up the example of manufacturing microchips, most of which uh, do actually come from Taiwan, uh, and and we're trying to get it back here in the U.S. What is one of the greatest problems in getting people to actually work and develop those microchips? Well, a couple of things. One is education. And we've seen an incredible breakdown in the education system, more focused on creating people who are, uh, talk about DEI and ESG Amen. rather than knowing how to actually build, create, and innovate. The second step is when it comes to actually getting workforce at a reasonable cost. Now, you're, you're in a state that actually is, is trying to put the brakes on this, but a lot of the rest of the country, it just keeps upping and upping and upping things like minimum wage, uh, unions, and things like that. 
And those are trickle-down costs that make it much, much, much more expensive to build stuff here in the U- U.S. than it does to build it overseas and ship it in. Yeah. And so right there, you're unable to actually, even if you have a will, there's a lack of resources and a governmental limitation on the development here in the U.S. It's it's very interesting to me, Carl, your example of the moonshot. And of course, we had the, the moon lander. Glenn's a big space nut. He follows these things closely. I follow them. We look at the, you know, we watch the launches from, from uh, Cape Canaveral. It's very interesting when you look at this. We cannot do the things today that we routinely did in yeah. the 60s and 70s. As if it was, you know, we, we had mastered the art of low Earth orbit, getting to the moon when we had we had figured that out and now you know i think we had a fuel leak yep, on the on exactly. the first the first um, attempt for the lander yep. and you know you you're always going to have problems any endeavor is going to be I'm, I'm not saying that you know we can expect to ever get back to the point where everything always works perfectly but yeah. but we have a real it seems like in many sectors carl we have a real deficit where we are overly dependent on way too many areas of the world many of which do not like us, do not care for us, or just outright hate us. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, if you look at the example of the moon or outer space, and, and as somebody who once upon a time worked at NASA, I can tell you they, they have been left in the dust, and it's actually the private sector that is doing the job of NASA, whether it is SpaceX or Jeff Bezos's product. Those are the things that are actually getting into outer space and actually sending astronauts American astronauts into space, not NASA. And what we need to do is stop turning to the federal government or the state government or local government to be the alpha and omega of all of our problems. And so that's where I wake up every day. And my job is to essentially plow the field, get rid of all the governmental regulations, the regulatory red tape, the limitations, and actually make it easier for people to dream, build, and create. And if you look at What we're seeing right now, let's pick on uh, artificial intelligence. This is going to be the next revolutionary, world-changing event for the next century. And it has been created here in the United States. But that doesn't mean those innovations will remain in the United States. Right now, we are seeing uh, President Joe Biden issuing an executive order, ordering all of his government agencies to begin writing rules, regulations to limit development and deployment of artificial intelligence to make sure it is not racist, that it applies to a DEI agenda. You are seeing similar efforts in state legislatures and our foreign adversaries and bad guys aren't going to follow the laws. They're not going to follow the rules. And if we say stop here in the U.S., they're not going to stop. Kind of like outlawing guns and then realizing the only people with guns are the outlaws. And that, unfortunately, we're taking the same approach with artificial intelligence. And if we fall behind the rest of the world, it's a race we will never catch up. And do you see the uh, many people are saying that AI is an existential threat? Elon Musk has tweeted some scary things. Quite a few people have said that it's a it's a threat. I think the question becomes at what degree and how how quickly will that emerge? But I, I wonder, can you even put the genie back in the bottle? It would be the first question. But even if you could, is that is that the answer? What do you, what do you think the prescription is? But like you said, even if you adopt a remedy that tries to constrain the growth of AI, communist China is not going to adhere to that. Yeah, 
the way that the United States has always operated is we don't ban tools, we don't ban technologies. A simple example I like to use is hammers. You can use a hammer to build a house or break a window, but we don't outlaw the sale of hammers. We don't write laws that say you may not break windows with hammers. We ban destruction of private property, whether it's done with a hammer, a baseball bat, or something else. And so that's the way we've always engaged in laws, is we identify the harm we are trying to stop and we work backwards. And that's the thing with artificial intelligence. Unfortunately, too many lawmakers want to, you know, just write laws. That's what they love doing. But today, we have hundreds, if not thousands, of laws that already apply to artificial intelligence. Because if you commit harassment, fraud, deception, uh, and any, almost anything else with AI, we have a law to address it. For harassment, it's harassment. For fraud, it's fraud. So we are seeing time and time again, not a lack of laws, but a lack of law enforcement when it comes to artificial intelligence. So if we identify and focus on what is the harm we're trying to stop, and then look to see, are there laws on the book today to address that harm? That's the first step in any process, not to immediately try to ban something, because as you point out, the toothpaste is out of the tube, the genie's out of the bottle, but instead focus on the harm we're trying to stop, see if there's a law that already addresses it today, and then enforce the law. A simple example would be Sam Bankman-Fried, the CEO of FTX, went to prison, not because of crypto, but because he committed fraud. So what we need from our law enforcement, from our lawmakers, from our government, is to enforce the laws on AI as applied to AI. Yeah. And they'll make crystal clear to every bad actor, you can't just use AI to escape the law. Carl, can you stick with us through a commercial interruption? And we'll be right back with a couple of more questions for Carl. Absolutely. All right, we'll be right back, folks. We're talking to Carl Zabo. He is the Vice President and General Counsel of NetChoice. And we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Do not leave town. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Talking this morning to Carl Zabo. Carl is Vice President, General Counsel of NetChoice. He's been uh, lecturing lately, talking about the need for stronger anti-China, pro-U.S. tech policies and uh, in, here in South Carolina and in D.C. and across the nation. Many of these things are even international. But, Carl, any, any final thoughts on we were you were I think you wrapped up the A.I. comments, which are well well put. Any thoughts, finally, in terms of a China policy, China directives, things that, that we need to do to sort of balance the scales with, with that issue? Yeah, and so there, there are a lot of discussions going on. Some people suggest that we start uh, banning uh, website access to websites or apps from China. I get really scared whenever I hear government coming in and use the word ban because that is something that they do in China. That's not American. That's not freedom. Uh, I also get really worried when the government starts to get to decide what websites we can visit and what apps we can download, because it's a very slippery slope. And we know how this administration will run with that to start banning any speech that they don't like. But when it does come to China, one of the best things that we can do as a country is empower American entrepreneurship. We need to start removing the regulatory red tape and decreasing the size of government because 
as we talked about a moment ago, the secret sauce of America, the engine of America, the thing that allowed us to be to defeat Russia was American ingenuity, American freedom, American empowerment. So the first thing we can do is start breaking down those regulatory barriers that keep us from building the chip processing plants here in the U.S., that keep us from having the best scientists and engineers educated in science and engineering. engineering. Uh, and then when it comes to China itself, we need to basically fight fire with fire. So China will be using artificial intelligence to try and penetrate our critical infrastructure systems, our power plants, our uh, water supply, and stuff like that. And if we try to block or stop American development of artificial intelligence, we will be behind and we will be unable to compete on the virtual or actual battlefields with China. So the simple solution is for government is to actually do less and allow people to develop, dream, and build, because that is what will give us the best tools in the tool chest when we go toe-to-toe with China. Mm. Imagine that, Carl. Government should do less. I think, uh, didn't Thomas Jefferson say something along those lines? The like Ronald gov- Reagan, uh, there's been yeah. a lot of them. The government that governs best is the government which governs least. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's an excellent point. One of the things that so frustrates me about some of these Green New Deal, and just not just the Green New Deal, but the creeping environmentalism that we've seen in this country uh, over the last few decades for instance, you know, we've shut down coal-fired power plants and we've moved those. But what we what we find is that coal-fired power production just moves elsewhere. And China's belching out coal-fired <laughs> emissions all across China you know, at, to, at a scale that we never did. But nonetheless, the, so the, the environment's still being harmed. But, you know, we're trying to meanwhile, we're trying to generate electricity with, you know, windmills and, and, and solar panels. It just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, you've got you've got Davos coming up this week where all of our leaders will get together from the Western world and decide how to cripple America and the West's energy independence and basically just put us on a complete back foot compared to the rest of the world. I don't think there's anything more important, Carl, that I've heard lately is when I heard President, or, well, 45, I heard President Trump uh, say that we don't need to just shoot for energy energy independence again, but we need to shoot for energy dominance, become an energy exporter. Um, That's how you get rid of the problems in the Middle East that are oil-funded. You bring oil back down to 20 bucks a barrel. and, and um, But, Carl, that, it, it's great to have you on the show. Feel free to come back anytime. We love chatting with you. If folks want to follow you on social media or is there any particular way they can follow your efforts in these areas? Yeah, absolutely. You can follow me on X. I am at Carl Zabo, C-A-R-L-S-Z-A, season boy, O's in October. And you can follow the work we do at NetChoice at netchoice.org, N-E-T-C-H-O-I-C-E.org and also on X at NetChoice. Excellent. Well, Carl, thanks for joining us here on the show today. Have a great weekend, and uh, come back anytime. Thank you very much. Have a good day. All right. Thanks so much, folks. It's uh, Carl Zabo with NetChoice here on Saturday Morning Coffee. And we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Do not leave town. I keep my hands on myself.
morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I want to thank Carl Savo, special guest. He did a really, that's a really interesting guy. I enjoyed yeah. talking to him. We'll we'll post a link to uh, Net Choice Foundation and Carl's uh, X feed in the uh, podcast version of the show, also on social media. So I want to thank him. Interesting discussion, and it's going to be very interesting, folks, to see how this election in uh, Taiwan turns out today, and what sort of implications that has for. U.S.-China relations. Interesting um, interesting times, as we say, but pray for a good result. Pray for peace and, um, and understanding. Right now, joined in the studio by another very special guest here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Glenn, I think we know this young lady. It's actually my daughter, Leela Boyd. I knew her before she could drive. You knew her before she could drive. <laughs> well, she can drive now. Helps her get out on Saturday mornings to spend time with her dad. So you're here to talk about a mission trip. I think uh, your school, Christian Academy, is doing a mission trip. So you're going to talk to us a little bit about that? Yes, sir. We're going to the Dominican Republic in May. In May? To serve the people there. All right. And that's great. That's how, long one- is the, how long is the trip? We're going from May 5th from the 13th. I mean, May 13th through the 18th. Okay. And what sort of stuff will y'all be doing while you're down there? Um, we will just be serving the people there, building houses, um, serving food, working in the medical department there. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Very good. I'll be in Alaska at that time, so I can't join you. Oh, well, they will miss you. They yeah. will miss you. Yeah. Your, your services will be missed. Yeah. I think it's so great that Christian Academy does this sort of thing, and it's a great opportunity for the kids to serve. How many? Do you know how many people are going on the trip? Um, I think about 20 people. Wow. Mm. That's awesome. Is this, a, is this a plane ticket I'm going to have to pay for? Maybe. Maybe. Mm, sounds like it. Yeah. It's, you can't you can't drive. Can't drive. Yeah. It's a it's a pretty pretty long pretty long drive actually. Yeah. Pretty rough boat ride. So that's awesome. I'm so proud of you for doing that. I'm proud of all the kids that are going. The young folk, uh, not kids, I guess. The young people from uh, from Chris, from Saturday morning from Christian Academy, who are uh, taking doing this. This is a great way to serve. This is a great thing to do. So if folks, I think there's a way. I think part of your presentation here is you're asking for financial help because she's trying to raise money for this trip. So if folks wanted to support Leela Boyd in her efforts on this mission trip to the Dominican Republic, um, um, where, where, where would they go? Is there a website? Yes, you go to scoreintel.org, um, and then you go click the Donate tab, and then Support a Traveler, and then you can just type in um, a student's first and last name. Oh, good. Yes. All right, and any donation appreciated. Yes. Small, medium size, whatever. Probably takes a little load off of dad too. Yeah, oh, well, that dad'll yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Dad'll appreciate that. Dad's gonna dad's gonna donate. Yeah. But so, so if you go on this trip, do you have is there any sort of academic work with it? Do you have to write anything or just going to serve? I think we're just going to serve. All right. I don't think you have to do anything for it. Very good. Very good. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for coming this morning here on Saturday morning coffee. I'm very proud of you. Thank you for having me. I'm proud of you, too, because I've known you since you were just a little squirt. I know. You know like, like four and a half, almost five years what's, now. What's funny, Glenn, is nobody tells you how quickly they're going to fly off and leave the coop. I mean, right. I remember, you know, just when I brought this one home from the hospital, and yeah. that seems like not very long ago at all. And, and next year, you'll be what? A I'll senior? A senior. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Young adult. The, the future of our country right I have there. A, I have a senior at Christian Academy, Glenn. I, mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time getting my head around that idea. There's a lot of people that we are not excited about being the leaders of our country in the future, but you, we are. Could you do a, could you do a has your dad taught you a lot about politics? Uh, a little bit? Kind of, yeah. You, could you do a, could you do, you could probably do a better job than Joe Biden. <laughs> probably. <laughs> well, listen, thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Thanks for coming on the show. 
Thank you. Folks, it's Leela Boyd right here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Give them that web address yeah. one more time. Um, score? It's scoreintel.org. So score international, scoreintl.org. Yes. And then they have to click on donate. You, you click the donate tab and then support a traveler and then enter a student's first and last name. Which would be Leela Boyd. L-E-I-L-A-B-O-Y-D. Awesome. Very good. Well, thanks so much. Good luck with it. And we'll be waiting for your report when you come back. We'll be... Looking forward to that. Thank you. All right. Very good, folks. It's Leela Boyd here on Saturday Morning Coffee. And a bunch of other fine young folks from Christian Academy going to be going to the Dominican Republic in uh, May. They'd appreciate uh, your support. So thanks for considering that. It is the parting wisdom segment of Saturday Morning Coffee, folks. And you have, as I said, made it to almost to the finish line. Glenn, have you got any New Year's resolutions? Uh, Um, Go to the beach more. Go to the beach more. Did you know? That there's a beach right down the street from us? You know, I, I have a hard time keeping that front and center. I really I, do. I, I do, I, too. I, I lose sight of the fact that we have a beach because so el- so seldom yeah. do we get to go. I got uh, t- I got there twice last year, but I worked at the beach more than once. Um, and working at the beach and laying on the beach or, you know, relaxing is not the same. So that is my New Year's resolution. Uh, be kinder. Uh, love more. Um, you know, be generous. Um, and go to the beach more. Be generous. Yeah. Very good. Very good. I had an interesting uh, epiphany this morning. You know, some people will say resolutions are self-defeating because most people make it. They say, oh, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to go to the gym. For most people, they're that, done. They're done by <laughs> yeah. January 15, yeah. which is then demoralizing. And it's uh, a, a little bit of a, a counterproductive exercise if that's the result. Well, we're 13 days in to the new year, and they and they estimate about 50% of resolutions have already been broken. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. It's, it's, it's a short-lived thing for most of us. This is an interesting piece. Today's parting, this week's parting wisdom comes to us from Ryan Holiday on Medium. He said, this is the word I'm trying to live by this year. And uh, he says his goal is very succinct. I love the succinct written word or spoken. He says, my goal is less, less commitments, less drama. Wow. Oh my gosh. Who couldn't use less drama, less busyness, less screen time, just less. Part of the reason I want less is so I have room uh, for more, more stillness, more presence. And I think, you know, that's such a, a fascinating point that we fill our lives up, Glenn, with so much busyness and there's so much drama around us in this crazy world that we live in. You can't do anything, it seems, without inflicting. There's just so much that distracts us uh, from the substantive, the, the, the meaningful things uh, that we have to, that we should be focused on. And so I think uh, one of my resolutions for this year is less. Uh, less commitments, less drama, less busyness, less screen time, uh, just less. Less of all the things that, that don't matter or don't matter as much. Right. I like that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and he says, you know, the reason you have less is so you'll have more, more of the things that matter, more family, uh, more stillness, more presence, more meaningful interaction. Uh, like a fiduciary. Yeah, that's what you sound like. No, you know, like a fiduciary. Yeah. Less is more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I mean, that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Um, so that's one thing I wanted. Also wanted to point out, Glenn. Speaking of less is more. Um, did you see the? Uh, did you see the president's town hall? Uh, yes, I did. Didn't he do a good a good job? I think he did a swell job. Yeah, yeah. He. Uh, I think he sounded very presidential and in in almost like direct contrast contrast 
to the uh, debate between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, which was just a disaster, a, chi- a disaster, <laughs> yeah. a chicken fight. Yeah. We love a good chicken fight here in yeah. South Carolina, mm-hmm. but it just he sounded so commanding, so calm, so self-assured in the midst of all of speaking turmoil, of drama, yeah. the turmoil yeah. going on around him. We, had, by the way, we haven't even talked about Big Fanny Willis and her boyfriend. And and all the craziness going on there, the judge in New York that would not even let Trump speak in right. his own defense. Well, they did the la- at the last minute. He was able to say a few words. A few words. Yeah. But nonetheless, the idea that they would have this show trial, right? And then even maintain for a moment the the the, the thought that the man, a man doesn't even get to speak yeah, in his no own closing, defense. No closing arguments. Yeah. 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 That it's, makes sense to you, doesn't it? It's insane, Glenn. There's so much. Whether we were talking about. January 6th and all the things that we talked about last week or whether we're talking about Georgia and Big Fanny Willis and her boyfriend, the, 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 the PI injury lawyer who's never tried a felony case getting 700 grand to prosecute the president. All that is nuts. I don't know. It makes you wonder if we really live in a free country or not. It's uh, arguable that we don't. But let me uh, leave you guys with this bit of wisdom from the Proverbs. The one thing I would say, folks, is continue to trust. That's all you can do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Folks, that's Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Y'all have a great week. Be blessed. We'll see you next week for more Saturday Morning Coffee. up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.